0: Tenth commandment, do not covet. Do not show envy or jealousy for something of your neighbors that's not yours. And the Bible says for their wife or item or house or slave, which was a servant really for them. the same as today but there's nothing that we are to covet to want the Lord is our shepherd I shall not want he makes me to lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters he restores my soul he leads me along paths of righteousness for his name's sake Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. My cup runs over. Oh, let's see. Your, oh, sorry. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Surely... Oh, you anoint my head with oil. The cup runs over. There we go. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So, if the Lord is our shepherd, if he is our portion, we are not to be in want. And covetousness is probably one of the leading sins that have separated first world nations from God. If you've ever read the Capital, oh sorry, if you've ever read the Hunger Games, you might know that the author is an Enlightenment author, Suzanne Collins, and she wrote these as a metaphor from the gladiators of old in Rome, as a metaphor of today, and how America is like the capital, and even the hairstyles and tattoos all over our bodies, and the clothes, and the entertainment, what this greediness for entertainment instead of philanthropy, people are wrought with covetousness, and it comes from feeding thyself instead of giving of thyself. Now, Christ did not come to be served, but to seek and to save the lost. And if you are a true disciple of Jesus Christ, your life is not your own, it is hidden with your King. And if your King is Jesus Christ, you know that you give him 100% allegiance, that nothing is yours, your house, your clothes, every good gift that we have is from the father of lights so we're in thankfulness for what we have and we're ready to share anything that we have and and we're eager to show hospitality to strangers and because we know that this that what we have on earthly possessions are just mere tools that god has given us to a blessing for ourselves and for others (coughs) if God asks you to give all of it away you would happily do so because it's nothing in comparison with the gift of salvation if you are living that you are probably good for not falling under to covetousness because it's such a rampant trap that the enemy has used to trap so many christians and to fall away now we have to remember that jesus came to bring division he came to bring a sword and to turn families against each other and that we would be separate from the world because we cannot be disciples of him if we are one with the world if the world loves us, if you, I think now would be a good time just to kind of evaluate, does the world love me or does the world hate me? If the world loves you, you may not be a disciple because blessed are you when you're persecuted for my sake. If you're not being persecuted, for the sake of the gospel, because it is offensive. His gospel of the kingdom of heaven will offend the world because it's contradictory to the way people are living. Then you might not be a disciple because even the Lord told us many will say, Lord, you know, they're cast out on judgment or they're just cast out and they say, Well, we wanted to enter and we cast out demons in your name we did miracles in your name we rose people from the dead in your name and how can we not enter and he says depart from me you who practice lawlessness i never knew you now that is sounds harsh but that's why the lord told us beforehand so that we could know that even those that do miracles in the name of Jesus may not know him his heart is not about um, selfishness it's the opposite and giving and humble and loving unconditionally to the point of death and that is the gospel Is that we are not our own we die to the flesh we crucify the flesh we can't do it alone we need the help of God that we are no longer living for ourselves for this world or for stuff for goodness sake like this is if we have a lot of stuff we know we can't take it with us we can take with us good works because that's what we're rewarded for, our good works. And that's what Jesus taught us. So we don't sound an alarm or, you know, bang a cymbal when we do a good work. We it's a secret between our Father and Heaven and us. So <clears throat> covetousness, the best way to counteract this if you feel like there's something you can't you wouldn't let go of if God asked you to give it away then really the best way to, to be born into the kingdom of heaven is to give it away and ask God what he wants you to give away and help him to ask him to help you give it away because um, in the kingdom of heaven, It's all about sharing. Remember when the first, when the early church was repentant, the first thing they did is sold everything they had and gave it away, and that's it was all things in common. And then they got the power. Then heaven opened up for those guys. And I truly believe we've been in darkness. The church has been in darkness for about eighteen hundred years, and the way that church has been done and Christianity has been taught is contrary a lot of it to God and that the way that pastors the pastors are modern-day Pharisees I don't know any pastors that preach on the full gospel today I did know some but they're in heaven now with the Lord and I didn't personally know them meaning the full kingdom of heaven what jesus taught no one is teaching that you won't find it in church in fact a lot of the churches are synagogues of saints. they're dead man's bones they're whitewashed tombs teaching as um commandments of men they're teaching God as command, but they're just commandments of men. They've made a lot of this religiosity stuff up. But the kingdom of heaven is much stricter than the Old Testament. What Jesus taught is more strict than any religion out there. It's a high, much higher way of living than just following the Ten Commandments, which are... Which are, you know, important. That's what we're talking about. And today we're doing the 10th commandment. Thou shalt not covet. Not just because it's not only shall you not covet. But you shall share everything with those who persecute you. Bless those who persecute you. Do good. Be prepared. If he asks for, if anyone wants to borrow, give him your tunic too. Be prepared to, do not resist an evil person. Give them your clothes. Go with them two miles. Turn the other cheek. Bless and do not curse. Right? So then you will be a son and daughter of the Most High. His true kids, his sons and daughters, are those that bless those who persecute them. So we should be, as a people of God, just naturally um, ready to do that. And, And pray for those who spitefully use you it is hard when it's your family because you have that sense of betrayal in there too but that's what Jesus did with Judas he kissed him and called him friend right? so not my will but your will be done father in all things is the mindset for a disciple of Jesus Christ there are pastors that do but I have not heard one that preaches the full gospel and I visited many churches but this is in accordance with the prophetic word in Malachi that all the prophets and priests are profane, and they have twisted the law, the covenant, which we'll be talking about again soon. It's a real shocker What, it's, what is showing that someone is a true disciple is that they're a new creation. That they are a new creation. And old things have passed away. <clears throat> and, it, and all things are new. This is what matters. is that we're changed by the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, and that we hear God, and that we're able to do His will, because He might say, give this person a $1,000, or give this person 5 or, you know, go minister to this person over here, and that you're able to follow Him to do His perfect will, shows that you are His kid so it's not about going to church once a week that has nothing to do with being in the kingdom of heaven so John the Baptist prepared the way and he said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and Christ said repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand that you would turn from what you're doing and start doing it this way, the kingdom of heaven way, which is blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers if you hunger and thirst for righteousness. So, um, it's a process, it's a process of sanctification. At three, three years, the disciples of walking with Christ, they were even casting out demons and healing people. And they all betrayed him after three years of walking with him. So, or, you know, they didn't stand with him when he got arrested and Peter denied him three times. So, the Lord has so much mercy and grace, and it's it's not that he's out to get us at all he's out to change us into the image of himself so that when people look at us they think they feel like they've spent time with jesus christ that's the whole point and we can't get that way if we're holding on to stuff or if we think stuff is more important than people it just doesn't matter it's all gonna burn and um what we Pay for things is how valuable they are. There's only, it's all in our minds that stuff is really that valuable. It's really not. <laughs> What's valuable to God is people because they're not replaceable. There's every single person in the world is so precious to God because He made them. We are made in the image of God, and the minute somebody says otherwise, and gets a country to believe that we're not made in the image of God, I assure you, genocide is one step away. And that's what's happened in this country. People said that on the Roe v. Wade, and there's a genocide on unborn babies. And God is very angry with that. And He's merciful that He's giving people a chance to repent. But very angry and that is something i'm sure of he loves those babies and they're his children and when you have an abortion you are killing the spirit of god so no that is in and, and he said that if you jesus christ that if you live Those who live by the sword will die by the sword. And he has no secret, it's in all the prophets and the books of the Bible, especially quite a bit in Revelation explains this that there will be destruction. This is what the whole Bible is talking about the first and second coming. And when he comes again, the day of the Lord is the day of doom. And he's going to, he has the sword the plagues and the pestilence and if you don't I guess we have to know the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom and if you don't fear God if you don't understand that he kills people he's always killed people um, and he's gonna kill I think two-thirds of the world here pretty soon so if you don't understand that he's the one the author of life and death that can have the power to destroy both body and soul in hell not the devil the devil just deceives people and gets them separated from God so they but God um, he wipes out entire nations no problem he wiped out the entire world once with the flood that's actually confirmed in the secular world as well and but so he's the same god he's the ancient of days he doesn't change and scripture cannot be broken so you don't want to be on his bad side because he's scary i mean if you really knew him and understood his ways how he can strike people dead and he does that today and people don't understand that that was actually yeah that's that's god he's You have to have a healthy fear of God and to be afraid of him yes but if you're not afraid of him you're not going to repent because what's the point you can just get away with everything but you don't understand that you're really not getting away with it you're just throwing up rough so that's really what helped me to repent when a friend asked me if you really believe God is who he says he is and how come you don't obey him and every, everything that he asks? Well, that was almost four years ago, and I remember thinking, Well, yeah, you're right. So, I got the fear of God in me, and the Lord started showing me all his mercy, and how I was still alive after all my sinning, and I was just so thankful that he hadn't taken me out yet. <laughs> but that's... But that's... um. that's the truth that unless you fear God like you know your dad when you're growing up you obey him because you're just a little bit afraid of getting his thinking okay so that's kind of similar you fear God he's your king and you've sworn allegiance to him so you're gonna obey him and that's how you can start to repent and realize his mercy in your life he's so good even all these times we've been disobedient and do deserve to die and what i have told people is if you want to know what he's forgiven you for you can look up under the law and the torah all the consequences are there for sin and Pastors that have told you all sin is the same in God's eyes is a lie. That's not in the Bible. That's never anywhere in the Bible. And there's, There was actually certain sins had, were death. Certain sins were, um, you know, you pay back what you've done wrong. But a lot of sins you got the death penalty for. So a lot of sins are deserving of death. But not all of them so you can look up which sins you did and what sin and how much you're forgiven and just begin to thank the Lord that you don't have to do that consequence that consequence is not coming to you and that can help you with covetousness too and you can have the fear of God and start to give things away to the poor and enter into the kingdom of heaven which is the kingdom of heaven is not fear and torment because Jesus is the prince of peace and you have the kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost so it's not a realm of fear and pain it's a realm of heaven just imagine heaven and you can live on live in heaven on earth (coughs) That's really, you know, like, if you think of Narnia and Aslan, the witch was afraid of Aslan. That's how the devil is. He's afraid of God, okay? So we should be too, but not afraid of the devil. But we should understand who our true enemy is, not people. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, councils. There's all sorts of different realms of darkness in the heavens places and those are what we're fighting here and our army we fight the fight of faith by prayer prayer worship preaching and it's a battle and every day is a battle because that's the whole battle that's the whole point <laughs> so I hope this message helps and know that he has not come to condemn the world but to save it but that not one jot or tittle will be removed from the law and heaven and earth will pass away but his words will by no means pass away so I just encourage you to really Manifest, read the Sermon on the Mount until you are living it. It's not about memorizing the Word as much as it's about living the Word. He is the living Word, Jesus Christ. He is coming back as a warrior. Right, so read the whole bible and ask god to reveal himself to you and repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand